Genius, it takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get onto my show. Howdy, folks. Welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. It's raining today here in LA. It's windy and wet. We've had a very, very rainy uh, month and a half here, which has been great. We're, we're just about out of the drought. I'm sure you all know that. And, uh, oh, my Jaguar is out on the street with a dead battery and the window's down. I woke up this morning and realized that I had cracked the windows to uh, air it out from the last time it rained. So, ran out and threw a car cover on it. Wasn't too bad. Actually, the, the, the car... Uh, you know, it's designed to be in the rain, I guess, so it, it, it seemed to be pretty dry inside. I was really surprised. Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you. It's not really that interesting. Unless you want to buy a Jaguar, because I'll sell it to you. I'm ready. I, I think I'm ready. The plan was to keep it for my for my son, who's four, so I only have, uh, let's see, 13 years left to keep it out there. I don't know. It's probably not a very good plan. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still thinking about it. But if you, if anybody's really aching for a 95 uh, XJS Jaguar convertible, it's in great shape, except for the battery. Give me a call. Anyway, uh, today we've got John Mangum on the show. He's a comedian, co-host of Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady, and he's a regular guest on uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? One of my favorite shows. I want to thank Michael Nielsen for setting that up. He's a uh, John is a friend of Michael's, and he reached out and set it up for me. So I'll say that today's episode is co-produced by Michael Nielsen. Thank you, friend. Anyway, here's John. Happy Monday, everybody, and enjoy. That's exciting. Yeah. You don't, you don't meet a lot of opera singers. You know, uh, Mike Rowe was an opera singer. I know. Yeah. Do you yeah. know Mike? Have I you... don't, but I've, I've always followed his career, and I think he's so cool and the, his dirty job show was always great and then yeah he tells great stories about working for qvc and yeah 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 and, and how he then started singing and it was you know what's awesome. what's funny is that i have a colleague at, at the opera who who went to peabody which is uh at johns hopkins mm -hmm. and mike used to sing with the baltimore opera either the baltimore opera or Washington National. I'm not sure. I in think the it's Baltimore because yeah. I remember hearing a podcast. Yeah, and they and they and they knew each other. And my my friend says he was just a really nice guy yeah. and a great singer. You should get him on your on your podcast. I'd love to, <laughs> I, man. I, that's the thing. You know, I started this podcast um, with the intention of talking to scientists and mathematicians and musicians, of right. course, and uh, conductors and composers. And so far, it's mostly been conductors and composers. Oh wow, interesting. And directors because of my job. Yeah. You know, and in the in the music, I mean, in the music field, especially with film music, I've had some really good guests. I've had Mike, uh, um, John Powell, who has done a bunch of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that he, name an, uh, really he did uh, How to Train Your Dragon. He was yeah. nominated for that. Wow. And, you know, so I get people like that. But you're you're the first comedian. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a comedian or an actor? Yeah, uh, uh, both. Whatever. Okay. Actor, comedian. Okay. Asshole, you know. <laughs> at least it's professional, though. As long as you're paid for it, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is Hollywood. Um, so tell me, first of all, uh, let me preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I do very little research. Great. So I mean, I looked you up, my wiki, you know, on Wikipedia. I, I looked at your pictures and saw that you you've done some things with Wayne Brady and yep. you've done some, you know, all sorts of interesting things on TV. But I don't really know that much about you. So 
And I know that my listeners probably don't either, because it, as I said earlier, most of my listeners are musicians. So people are going to listen to this. I think some that I th- well, I at was least, not told. At least my mother will. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just a bro hangout, man. <laughs> all right. So first of all, are are you from LA? Is this your is this your home turf? <clears throat> no, and I I guess the answer is usually no for most people about where they're from. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know anyone yeah. from here? I know I'm, like I'm, four people. I'm fourth generation. Are you really? Yeah, Southern California. Wow. Yeah. You're the guy. I am. I'm it. I'm the, I'm the, the holdout, I guess. I uh, no, I was I was born in South Carolina, but I grew up, which I, that's where I say I'm from, in yeah. uh, Mobile, Alabama. Oh, okay. Which is uh, way down south. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, uh, there was a... Uh, no, that's Biloxi, of course. But Biloxi, anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. Biloxi is about an hour and a half from my house, and yeah. we used to go there to buy wine coolers and gamble. Because <laughs> the drinking age was 18 for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the 80s. So sure. drive to Mississippi and, you know, no one likes beer when you're first drinking. It's yeah, just right, like, right, oh, right, it's right. terrible. I know, exactly. So you drink but wine I want to be drunk so badly. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything sucks. You got that bottle of my, of my dad's peach schnapps is yeah. running out. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you spent your high school years there? Yeah, Did I went you... to uh, grade school and high school. And um, after that, I went to... Uh, LSU for about a year, nice. and it was too, too crazy a scene, too party, too much party. Oh, I see. Okay. So I went to um, uh, do the college program at Disney World in Orlando, where you you are employed at one of the theme parks, but then during the evening you take uh, Disney either business or marketing or, or art classes to really? learn the style of Disney, and it's it's a great thing. And uh, from there, I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going back to LSU to be an engineer anymore. Which oh, is that was what my you're yeah. I mean, were you in drama or acting or music or anything you know, leading I, up to I that? Did, I did high school plays uh-huh. and musicals, and those were fun, but I never thought you, you could make a living at it. Sure, and, sure. Um, yeah, so then I, I stayed in Orlando and uh, finished up schooling there, but my real schooling was not where I went to college there. It was this uh, theater called uh, SAC Comedy Theater Lab, and we did uh, improv shows like Who's Line, and mm-hmm. we do 13 of them a week. Mm-hmm. 200 seat theater there, was, there wasn't really a lot for locals to do so they all would come or see our show sure i mean was it was it being involved with disney that kind of opened your eyes to the possibility of making a living yeah. doing that um, or, i mean how I did still that didn't start i think i'd make a living at it uh-huh. i just, just I said, like this. this is fun yeah. i'm having a good time um so and and the improv stuff was fun and I, and I still didn't seem like i could make a living at it uh i love improv it's great i mean do you still do you still yeah. practice oh, yeah, sure. still, oh yeah, it's so yeah. much fun it is it is and uh that's where I actually met Wayne Brady and a bunch of other great people. And we uh-huh. um, also kind of started there at that comedy improv theater in Orlando, Florida. Is, oh, really? Yeah. And still there. SAC Theater. Okay. S-A-K. So tell me, the, tell me the transition from studying engineering. I mean, okay, so you studied engineering, you dropped out, you went to, to the Disney program. I shouldn't even say I studied engineering. I went to, to the first year of college, which yeah. is all just like basic math. Sure. Basic, and I would all gone the one-on-one from a, classes. Yeah. yeah. I had gone from a really hard private Catholic high school mm-hmm. in Mobile mm-hmm. where everything was like essays and it burnt me out to LSU. It was like, there's 300 in my class. It's multiple choice. I don't even have to go. I yeah. can read the chapter and be there for the test and get a B. Sure. <laughs> like it was that kind of thing. Yeah, so I felt the same I way. I didn't even, I didn't study engineering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I it was no no way. challenge. Yeah. yeah. Where did you go to school? Well, I, I mean, I started in... in when I was young, I started in private school, and then I went to preparatory school, and then I went to Montessori, so we kind of moved around. And mm-hmm. then I ended up going to public school uh, from my sixth grade on, 
and I had the same experience in sixth grade. I was like, really? This is <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, I went back to school in my late thirties to study film, and I felt then the same way I did as a sixth grader. I was really? like, these people are retarded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> But, you know, I'm kind of squeaking by as a singer. So yeah, I guess the laugh, that joke's okay. on me. <laughs> and, I, and your podcast is called Living with a Genius. A genius. See, yeah. I, I figure that because I'm not a genius, so I, I, I don't that I'm not in that. And then you you're not talking about yourself. This is a this is an apology to your wife. That's right. But like, I'm going to bring some creepy dudes over that's every it. week. And yeah. then but I get to say that I'm living with you and you're a genius. So that's how you <laughs> is, am I right? No, it's funny because I came I came across the. The title, I was listening to a Mark Maron interview, and he was talking about some concept that he had called Living with a Genius. And I was starting this, po I was thinking about this podcast, and I was starting the podcast, I was looking for a name, and I thought, oh my God, that's an awesome name. I'm not sure yeah. why I like that name, but I'm, that, that's what I'm going to use. Like and it. so really, I kind of spent the first 10 episodes or so trying to figure out what I was thinking. And I've come to the conclusion that actually my guests are the geniuses and that I'm living with you guys for like an hour or so at well, a time. Well, I hate so, to let you down today, you know, my man. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mean to put any pressure on, but what do you got? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so when when did you figure out that you could actually do this, uh, you know, to make enough money to support a family? Um, How did that happen? Did that, you, first it, of all, did you have other jobs leading up to? No, so, so what happened was I, I finished up college in Orlando. I got a degree in psychology just in case, you know, I was like, you got to have a degree oh, because you never it. know what. Let me sit up straight. And yeah, no, no, no. Okay. It was the same thing. These were all classes with 200 people and yeah. check the box. So I know nothing about human behavior uh, yeah. okay. at all. Um, but the the local theater, the SAC Theater Place, we had started, you know, get, doing really well. And I, I started improv classes and I had different levels of classes. It, it's a lot like a Second City or mm -hmm. UCB or mm -hmm. Growlings, but it was in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 95, the core group of us, uh, said, let's, let's just, let's just go to LA. So over a period of about six months to a year, we all moved all seven of us to Los Angeles. Um, and I had six months of nothing. Hmm. And were you by yourself? Did you have a girlfriend? Did you? No, by myself. No, just, just came out lived by in yourself. a one bedroom apartment in Sherman Oaks. Okay. And uh, after six months of like, I think I did temp work for a couple of days here and there, but right around the six month mark, uh, I just started booking commercials mm. and it, it did not stop for 10 years wow. and lots of commercials. And back then they paid even way more than they do now. Yeah. So I suddenly just, yeah. and I, and since then that was 95, uh, I haven't, I haven't stopped working. I haven't had a bad year yet. And it's been twenty something years. So That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. Why do you think they're paying less for that kind of work now? What's the deal? Oh, there's a whole shakeup of the of the industry now. You know, with with uh, it used to uh, in the '60s and '70s, mm -hmm. one commercial because there were three networks, you yeah. could make eighty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. Sure. So by the time I started doing it, you'd make thirty or forty, which is still great. Mm -hmm. um, and then now there's. There's so many outlets and there's people want to advertise it's on so Facebook diluted, and yeah. Google diluted and there's unions are seem to be getting weaker. Mm -hmm. So there's just, it's almost turned into a hobbyist uh, activity, acting. Uh, uh, yeah. I which mean, just sad. Yeah. I see that. I mean, I see that with my union. I'm with, I'm with Ag AGMA and mm -hmm. I think classical music is, has more of a, at least it has more of a niche. It has a, a much smaller audience, mm -hmm. but that audience is dedicated 
to our art form and they buy our art form. Yeah. And when we advertise using our, um, like for instance, we do radio simulcasts of the operas mm -hmm. uh, downtown. And, uh, and we get paid a pretty good bump extra for it because a huge percentage of people who are interested in opera will tune in. Yeah. I, I think with commercials and stuff, I mean, like you said, it's just, I don't even know how, except for banners that you see on, on your homepage or if you, you know, how do you, how do they even monetize that? It's, it's, well, they monetize it for themselves pretty easily. How do they keep track of it for the actors right. is, is a different right. thing. Um, yeah, right. And we're, the, the union certainly has not caught up to the technology of being able to, to track all that. Yeah. And, you... and so the way they do it is they just will buy you out. So here's $400 for three months and they can run it on Facebook as much as they want. Right. Things like that. Right, right, right. As opposed to the residual thing, which was every time it airs on network, it's 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then the second time, 400, 300. Then after three weeks, it starts over again, 500, 400, 300. Right. So now the other, the other side of the coin for us is, is similar to what you're talking about too. In, in film work, because there's so many great musicians all over the world. Yeah. You know, in the in the fifties, it was the Hollywood sound. Like if you wanted the Hollywood sound in quotes, you had to record in Hollywood. <laughs> now you can record in Seattle, you can record in Cincinnati, you can record in London for sure. I yeah. mean a lot of work goes to London. And uh, the unions here uh, typically just they just won't budge. So unless it's a it's a structured deal, mm -hmm. they won't they won't do it here in town. They don't allow buyouts. So that's been a kind of a bone of contention for our union yeah. as well. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I I don't think we can go back to what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think those days are over. I think you're right. <clears throat> um, I don't want them to be. I mean, in the, the good thing for us, both as, as artists, is that in this period of history, even though we felt like we've gone back a little, has there ever been a time when artists could have a house and kids and i mean usually you you travel in a traveling show yeah. and steal food from a trash can and then sing and then you're like yeah no that's true things are good now for us that's true <laughs> yeah as, yeah as long as we have the unions i yes. mean i i uh i don't know that i don't know where you fall politically but i i feel like unions are in real jeopardy right now so we'll yeah see. i think you're right i uh i i i'm i'm pulling myself away from politics it's just, it's overwhelming and um it doesn't, it doesn't help me to think about it every day. I know I'm, I've fallen into that yeah. lately. Actually, I wrote a, like a three page essay that I posted yesterday yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I've never felt so, um, nervous and that that's, that's from my political perspective. I know right. that not everybody shares that and, and that's fine. Um, but I need to take your advice oh. because it really, I wake up just like I, I, I've, I've been starting the day with a writer's almanac with Garrison Keillor just so that I don't like want to commit suicide by lunch. I, I, I kind of think that people are all the same no matter what their beliefs are. And yeah. I also think politicians are kind of the same. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm an independent, so mm -hmm. I, I have things on the left, I believe, and things on the right. Sure. But, I think like most people. Yeah, actually. like most people. Yeah. But I mean, of, of my friends that are Republicans, the, the fear you're having, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have known this, but when Obama was elected president, mm -hmm. they were sure that socialism was coming. Sure of it. And horrified and scared. So it's, huh. I see very... I've been thinking about that, I yeah. I see similarities between, and I'm just like, you people, everybody's the same. We're all people. And yeah, you can disagree on what method forward do you see as best for our country? But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's we're, we're all, <laughs> we all are kind of scared of, of the same thing, which is this 
totalitarian or socialist or just just mm-hmm. authority taking away our freedoms. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think the role of the artist is in this whole? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that. Yeah. Um, What's your opinion? I've heard people, I've heard people come right out and say the, the the responsibility of the artist is to blah 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 blah, and I I completely disagree mm-hmm. with that. I okay. think that if you choose to make it that, that's mm-hmm. that's great for you. Mm-hmm. For me. You, you know, don't I, use your platform for that. No, mm-hmm. um, by choice, uh, mm-hmm. and I have nothing, no problem with people that do that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, you know, say, "Hey, you know, my my grandmother was sick in the hospital, and so we we were watching. Let's make a deal on whose lines anyway, and you were making us laugh, and, and you got mm-hmm. us through a hard time. Mm-hmm. And and if that person had seen me either pro Trump or pro Hillary the day before ranting, mm-hmm. it would it would not give them that chance to just. I am just comedy i am just mm-hmm. escapism i'm the this the snickers bar it's mm-hmm. a snack I'm, I'm not there's nothing deep happening here but when you want to just enjoy and not think about that i like to be that option yeah i i kind of i straddle the line part of me uh, has become more of an activist than i ever thought i would be and the other part of me is focusing on doing the art that i do uh better than i ever have yeah i think that 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 says that i think that maybe I think we have that in common. Like, yeah. I feel like I need to be the best at what I do. Yeah. To just make people feel good. They come to see the opera at the Dorothy Chandler, the lights go down, the orchestra starts. And if I can contribute to three hours of uh, joy, yeah, then that that's that's doing a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. It's doing a lot. And, and you can do whatever you want to do with that. If you want to make it political, you can, mm-hmm. but, but we as artists have the right to do whatever we want. That's why we got into to arts to, right. to make our art however we want without anybody telling us, right. you got to do it this way, you have to do it that way. Right, right. Now, uh, f- with all the things that you do, uh, you know, commercials and voiceovers and mm-hmm. comedy and live theater and uh, film, have mm-hmm. you done some film work? Which yeah. do you prefer the most? What do you oh, like? Oh, man. No- nothing compares to a live improv yeah. show. It's yeah. just when you have, you know, anywhere from... 10 people to 2,000 people. Yeah. We've done shows for 10,000 10, before. That that thing of being a director and writer and actor all at the same time is just great. I agree. And uh, I yeah, agree. so it's the same with you. Uh, what, <laughs> how do you, how do you deal with, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like I, I've had some really terrible auditions and some terrible performances as an improv actor. I, I mean, we used to do this thing called, um, opera lab right and we'd go to schools and the kids would just say oh uh, we want this opera to be about this and then this happens and because of that this happens and then we just come up with it sometimes it's sometimes it's terrible (laughs) what do you do what do you do well how do you how do you get over that um have you ever been to a a, in a place where you're just like god i I just don't want to do this anymore no No. not i mean if if it's improv i have no problem with it when it's scripted is when i have the problem because then it's like you're doing someone else's lines and they I, i've done some writing too writers work hard mm-hmm. on their lines and sometimes they will they will spend weeks up till two in the morning writing their lines and here you are showing up at this audition thinking you have a better line than 12 of the highest paid sitcom writers. So right it, it, i feel afraid sometimes in scripted things to improvise even though i feel like that's my natural inclination mm-hmm. um, i still do it yeah 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 <laughs> but uh yeah um now whenever i've done pro- I, when i was in film school we did some projects and I, I when whenever i directed i would always have them i'd always have the actors read off the paper first mm-hmm. and then do two or three improv takes 
yeah to just get everything maybe i mean is that is that typically how you how it works for you or uh no it's a little more of a of a uh uh, assembly line I think when it comes to auditions it's it's you know they're they're seeing 50 or 60 people they got to get through them all yeah you know in truth they could take the time and say hey okay here's what we want you to do we want to direct you this way we want to try this but because there's so many great actors and they're gonna see so many people they're like bring us your choice and if it's wrong we're not gonna always tell you we're just gonna see the next because someone's gonna yeah. have it right well, right? it's like yeah, they're looking for a needle in a haystack, but in this town, they're you know a million needles. So exactly, but yeah. but I think a lot of times it's like I'm looking at a, at the people waiting to go in. I'm like any one of these guys right. could do the part. Right. But sometimes it's about who's going to guess at what they want the best. But if they simply were to say to someone that did it wrong, no, 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 do this, do this, do that, then they would nail it. Right. So it's kind of a yeah. How do you prepare? I mean, you, how do you, you prepare just, for that? You, you have to pick a choice. You just pick pick one and go with and it. go with 100 and even if it's totally wrong, mm -hmm. but they see that you're talented, mm -hmm. the casting person will go, oh yeah, that wasn't right, but that guy was pretty good. So maybe maybe I'll bring him Down back next week for something else. Yeah. yeah, that's happened to me. I mean, as a as an opera singer, I had an audition out in Cincinnati and I didn't hear anything. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't get it. And then seven months later, they called and said, hey, you know, we need you for this this thing. So yeah, yeah it happens. happens like that. I mean, do you, do you find that it's just a numbers game? Do you, do you try to go to as many auditions as you can? How yeah. do you, you do? As many as I can. Um, just keep throwing it up just, on the wall. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a pure numbers game. I think like for commercials at least, I used to keep track of them all. And I think I I'd go on about man, I would say about 150 a year, maybe. Getting wow. call back to maybe Wow. 30 of them and then booking like 10. That was back when I was really doing a lot That's of more then, commercials yeah. now. Mm -hmm. Now I don't do nearly as much just because the game show schedule and things like that. Yeah, is that what? What do you look for now? What? what um, now it's just during. What excites you the most? Um, and do you get nervous for things more than others? Um, yeah, I get I get nervous, but it, it's just a, a general uh, uncomfortableness for for anything where I have to prove myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, it could be an audition for a, a regional burger spot that no one's going to see, or or yeah. a big movie part, and it, I, I go to the equal place of having to poop real bad before I walk yeah, in. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just feeling terrible. And then when it's over, it's like, oh, I feel great, it's done. Don't even care if I was good or not. I yeah. just care that it's done. Yeah, juice, that you didn't uh, have a heart attack yeah. or die. Yeah. Like, oh, I, oh, okay. It's like getting a flu shot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but everybody there is going through the same stuff, I, I think, I hope. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some real nerve problems. I, I went through a period in college where I mean, I had to go to a shrink just to get my my mojo back. It's has that ever happened? I've never had to go to a shrink for that. Um, but like yeah, I take are, beta blockers now for oh, auditions. I know people that do that. Take yeah. beta blockers and theanine and stuff like that. But no, I, I I also even though I hate the nervous energy, I like it too because it mm -hmm. it makes me hyper aware. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing that always works for me in any audition is when something goes wrong, because my 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 training is improv. So yeah. like if the phone rings during or my audition, or one time a poster fell off the wall. I'm mm -hmm. saying I I instantly reference that and put it in the scene. Uh, when things go wrong is when I'm able to actually I think stand out. Yeah, yeah. From the other guys. Yeah. But if everything's perfectly smooth, it's just oh, another actor. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. So are these other 65 people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now you're you're uh, you're married and you have kids. Yeah? Married, yeah. Is your wife for... an actress as well? She she uh, she is an actress and oh, she's she a writer. Um, she uh, was a singer dancer. She toured with uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoats for many years with Donny Osmond. Um, and she did lots of Chicago theater. Um, and how did you guys meet in Orlando? No, we met out here actually. Oh, you did? She After lived you came next out. door to a friend of mine uh -huh. uh, from from Alabama, and we met and hit it off. And two kids, and 15, 16 years later, so. Yeah, I find the kids really changed the whole game. I uh, I got real serious when I had kids. Yeah, it, they they suck the soul out of you and empty you, <laughs> but they're great. <laughs> they're super. <laughs> <laughs> and yours are young, so I, I've been through. What you're in. Well, I'm an old the... dad. I mean, I didn't get married until I was 40. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I was just trying to figure it out. I don't think. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the money, but I had the energy. Now I've got the money and I have no energy. No energy. I, I get it. Yeah. I totally it's get it. It's terrible. Yeah. And now we're going, like I said earlier, we're going through schools. Yeah. And uh, it seems like that's everything that people talk about now. Yeah. You know, who have kids my and, age. And so is your youngest is not yet in kindergarten? Uh, no, no, no. As a matter of fact, our four-year-old is at, uh, we do like a, I don't want to say homeschool because it's so, it's got such a negative connotation, but it is, it's homeschool. And we, uh, uh, have a meetup group. My wife takes them to a meetup group twice a week. So not, none of our kids are really in structure. So that was part of the challenge. Yeah. Looking at these other schools is the first thing they notice. It's like, oh, well, he's going to have trouble sitting down at the desk. And, <laughs> Blah blah blah. So I don't know. I, I really am not sure what to do about it. It's uh, you, one thing you'll notice, and it's probably happened a little bit since you've had kids, but it happens even more when they go into school. Is that that your whole group of friends just completely changes? Yeah. You just all the friendships are based because you see these people every day now. So it's all based on your kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen when high school starts in two years from my oldest, because then it's going to be like, oh, now it's. You're not going to see these people that you've seen. Do, do you? Yeah, do yeah, the Friendships yeah. keep going, or do they? I yeah. Mean, what What happens? Do your old friends come back? Well, I would imagine a bunch of the kids, you know, move on together. Yeah. To the same school. Uh, not as much as you'd think. No. I think that from from our eighth grade at the school my kids go to, that uh, there's six, seven, or eight different high schools. They all kind of splinter off to. And are they private? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. You know, when I was a kid, public school was fine. Yeah, not anymore. I, I know, especially yeah. not here. No. It's it's a real drag. I mean, the school that we're looking at is, for a four-year-old, is $29,000 a year. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yep. Makes homeschooling look really good. I, it, it? I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> now, the, the problem with homeschooling is that it's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, you have to do it 24-7. Right. You know, all the time, which we kind of do. I mean, I grew up in, in, in a pretty radical household where we were always being educated all the time. What if you hired someone for $29,000 a year? Yeah, you mean like to a, be a private like a Swedish uh, au pair that lives in oh, the office? Oh, now you're getting dirty. Okay, that's fine <laughs> if you want to go there. <laughs> I mean, for $29,000 a year, you Hey, know. man, your fantasy is your fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're We're kind of... I don't know. I don't know what to do. So tell me what you, what what's your steady gig right now besides <clears throat> So we do a game show called Let's Make a Deal. Sure, I've heard it's of that. Yes. Been on this new version, Wayne Brady hosting and myself uh as the kind of sidekick um co-host. Um this will be our ninth season. So we shoot a whole year's worth in 4 months. So from June, July, August, September and then we're done. Wow. So that's why I'm here talking that's to you sweet, and man. not not there. Yeah, it's a great uh schedule and a great gig. Yeah. Um 
and it gives me a lot of time to do the writing and I'm pitching projects and trying to create things yeah. and making homemade pilots and a lot, a lot of that stuff uh, in between. I should just relax and like golf and like go to the beach and, and but I can't, what I can't stop the machine from churning in my head. You know, that's the thing I can, but I get really depressed yeah. if I yeah. don't, if I don't work, yeah. like we get uh, from the opera, we get a couple months off a year mm -hmm. uh, in the summer. And you'd think it's like summer vacation. It sounds great. Yeah. But I don't know, three weeks in, I just don't, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I really start to get depressed. That's actually why I went to film school just to get something else going. That's why I have this podcast mm -hmm. just so that I have something to look forward to. I know I have to release something every Monday. Yep. And without that deadline, I just, I, I'm prone to sloth and yeah. I won't do it. Yeah, me too. That's the problem. So how long is this? Uh, let's make a deal. We've gonna... been doing it for uh, nine eight season? years. Eight so years. This is the ninth season. And then do you go year by year? You have to renegotiate your contract, or do you go um, by like no? So the first multi year first deal? one was seven years, and then we wow. renegotiated. Okay. Um, and now we're in. We'll be starting year two of a three year extension. So wow. you know it. And that's been on the air forever and ever, right? Well, I mean... yeah. Monty Hall had the original, and uh, some other people tried versions of it. Yeah. Um, and didn't work out. But you know, Wayne is such a genius at improv that he yeah. he really he and the producers really turned it into more of a variety show that, mm -hmm. with a game show element than just the game show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We improvise songs. We, we will start rapping in the middle of something. Which we, we can do whatever we want. There's yeah. no constraints on us. Yeah. Which, since you're in the music business, I should tell you about our, our keyboard player who is, um, his name is Cat Gray. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. He, he used to tour with Prince. Um, um, he What he's doing on the game show is... It, it, it's weird because it's just a, it's a game show on CBS, but what he's doing is so cutting edge musically because he is live scoring it as it goes. So he's got his keyboard and yeah. his sound effects and this and that, and, it's and all he'll, improv. he's just he'll, yeah he tours with us doing the comedy improv show too. But he'll you know have certain tracks to play for excitement, and he knows when to stop it with all of his pedals. And then Wayne will just decide because someone's dressed like a cowboy, he'll be like, "Well, hey there!" And then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got all the patches and all the, and he'll start playing a country song, and then he'll, and he just does it live the whole show. And there's no other show where it, that is scored live yeah. like what he's doing. That's so amazing. next time you watch the show, if you're a mus musician listening, watch what he's doing because it's it's crazy. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Now, tell me about the projects that you're working on yourself. So um, I like to write yeah. a lot. I, am, I have several different writing partners that I work with. and uh, Yeah, do you ever... I have writing partners as well. Yeah. And I find that it is a lot more fun. It not, it's Are not you more of more a collaborative fun. person? It's, just, it's not even that I'm more of a collaborative person. It's just I need to know I have to be somewhere. Yeah, me too, <laughs> right? man. Yeah. Um, so my buddy Aaron Shore, who was a, a writer on... A, Everyone loves Raymond and The Office. Mm -hmm. We we wrote we've written a couple projects together. We've shot one pilot, um, and then we actually sold something to, to the Playboy uh, Network um, about six months ago. And we got to shoot something for them. Okay, N no boobies. They wanted just comedy. By the way, it's not sure. Perverted. Well, that's why I used to get Playboys for the jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, and the boobs. Of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so actually, Playboy decided they're not going to do any content. So we we own that now. So we'll wow. be out, we'll be out pitching that okay. uh, this year. Um, I have a couple improv game shows that I'm, I'm working on a deal right now to, with the production company to take out and pitch. So it's just a, you know, it's a constant. Do you find the pitch uh, to be nerve wracking? I or... find pitches way easier than, than, than acting pitch, than acting auditions. Oh, you do? Because at a pitch, you know, you're, you're just, you already like the product. So you're excited to talk about it and yeah. you just, you just want to make sure you hit all the beats, but you can be yourself it's and just you can be a charming, chit -chat. but a, but an audition is like these are your lines 
And if you mess this up, you'll mess up the punchline. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Stop in the middle and look like an <laughs> asshole? No. Nope. Oh, boy. I've had those auditions oh, myself. Man. I mean, I, as a matter of fact, I'm going in with an audition tomorrow. It's the biggest audition of the year for me. Wow. And I'm, I'm going to go in with a, a, a number that I really screwed up like five years ago with oh, the same boy. guy. I'd, I'd taken um, Xanax and uh, a Valium, and I thought it was something else. And by the time I got to the audition, I was out of my mind. And the song's in English, and I had to stop, literally stop in the middle of it and walk around to the piano. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. Wow. It's very, it's um, nerve wracking. <laughs> it is. It is. What, what do you, like, would you normally sing an op, an operatic piece? Yeah. Would you, okay. I mean, I have to. Yeah. Do I'm they not, tell I mean, you what to, do you cut to come in with what you want or do they say, no, pick one of these three? Or no. So they set parameters. They say you've got to come in with two ready to go in two different languages. It used to be when I brought this up six years ago the rule then was no english of course i started with an english aria and i screwed it up <laughs> so now now they've they've gotten rid of that and uh do accents count as a foreign language uh no 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 so they also do like some sight sight singing oh wow you know where they've just put some music out and they sing that wow so you have to sing that uh then they'll go over a phrase in french and then a phrase in german that you have to recite um, Even if the show is going to be in German, you have well, to be it, able to do it in French. So the auditions for the season. So oh. during the season, we'll do you know sometimes things in Russian, sometimes in French, German, Italian, usually Italian, English. Uh, so we have to be. It's a, it's a lot, man. Yeah, it's a lot. It doesn't uh, you know when I when I think with the arts in general, people who aren't in the arts don't understand the amount of dedication that goes into like improv. I mean, you've probably done. 10,000 hours of improv. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get up and you do your thing and people think it's funny and they don't realize the lifetime of oh, yeah. work that it takes. Every weekend of my life since I was 19. Yeah, <laughs> pretty exactly. Much. Yeah. Exactly. And so people, you know, may see you on, on uh, Let's Make a Deal and they say, oh, I could do that. Yeah. And then I always say, but you didn't. People ask because uh, Whose Lines Anyway is another show I do, which yeah, is I an all improv show. show. And people yeah. say, you know, how do you, how do you get on that? Yeah. I go, oh, it's so easy, man. <laughs> Just uh, start taking improv yeah. and then do it every day of your, uh, you know, almost yeah. every day of your life for 20 years. Yeah. Um, so by the time you're 85, you're 85. You'll and then it. make sure your best friend's the star of the show. Exactly. You know, with those two easy, <laughs> two easy pieces, you'll get on Who's Line and a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the advice that I give. I love... Uh, when I was in education, as far as op opera improv stuff, I, I considered well, it, it is opera education. We'd always have a Q and A, and that that's always my favorite part. And they yeah. say, "How do you get into this?" And usually they're little kids, so you can actually give them advice that they can actuate. But as an adult, I mean, I'm I'm really the outlier, having started so late. Yeah. Like my son is four, and he's playing. You know, we're starting to play the piano. I didn't even think about that until I was in my twenties. Wow. So. Uh, I am definitely atypical. But were you like, were you like the guy at the karaoke? Like, oh man, Never. Omar can kill that karaoke. Never, you... man. Well, then how how do they know, how do they know you could sing? Never. I uh, like, you know I used to sing in the car with my mom when I was little, right? And, and she did too, like everybody does. And then uh, I've told this on the podcast before, but I I was accepted to the UCLA Creative Writing Program. I was a writer as well, and st still do some writing. And uh, I was at junior college. And I needed to take a, a science class that I ended up not being able to get into. And so I took a music class and uh, I didn't read any music. So the teacher, you know, handed out this song to learn, which was a, a list song, I think. Um, and so I learned it by rote, you know, just listening to it on, I guess, cassette tape back then mm -hmm. or CD. 
and I came in and sang it. And uh, and leading up to that day, you know, I knew that I could. I've discovered that I could sing. Basically, I had good pitch. I have good musical sensibility. And then I ended up getting a scholarship, and uh, I called my mom at twenty four years old and said, Mom, I'm, I'm moving back home. I, I need to, to learn how to do this. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I love that you just discovered you could sing. Oh, yeah. hey, I, I can sing everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, really fun. Wow. And and it was, it was. I mean, it was kind of a cop out because I, I figured, well, I, I, this seems really easy compared to, yeah. you know, little did I know. I mean, it took it yeah. took a lot of work oh, to, yeah. to do it. And now I get to do it, you know, all the time. We're in a show right now downtown. How does it work with opera singing as far as age and is there an is there an ageism thing that happens as well no. it seems like you guys can keep singing all the time so my boss is a guy named placido domingo he's uh, a tenor and he i've heard of him yeah he's uh, <laughs> 70 just turned 75 wow and he uh probably sings 300 days out of the year i mean it's unbelievable i wow. mean he, he conducts also he conducts opera performances but he went from a tenor to being a baritone and at 75 he's adding new roles to his he's sung more operatic roles than anybody in the history of the art form unbelievable which is hundreds of years old wow and uh yeah so really it's a it's truly a meritocracy mm. well i shouldn't say truly for the most part like you said knowing you know knowing people helps you still have to have the chops obviously um i've heard some lousy singers of course but then singers have bad days too yeah uh, it's not i guess i don't know if it's like acting in that like sometimes you just wake up and you can't sing well yeah that's just your instrument yep uh if you have a cold or whatever you're just not going to do a good job that day yeah um but like you said just takes years and years and and you you just keep doing your thing and hope that they keep hiring you and and probably as, as a professional even if you have a show that you don't think is your best show a lot of the audience wouldn't know they no, just that's, all that's, that's right amazing. yeah you're at a certain level yeah. where your bad days are still pretty good yeah and that's I think that's true for all, for all of the arts actually. Mm -hmm. um, do have you ever found yourself in a in a position because of life circumstances or something that you kind of lost your um, your ability a little bit, or or do you have just so many tools in your bag that you can overcome them? No, I think I think what happens is when I get to a point like that where it's all just crashing down, I just I I just will get a cold, like like I'll just get the flu. Your body will take care of it. Body for will you. take care of it. Yeah. And sometimes, like there are times when there's so much happening and this, that, and I can't, and I'll be like, oh, I, oh, I want to get sick now. Yeah. This is when I want to get sick. And then I'll get sick. Yeah. And then I go in the bed for a week. No one can bug me. I'm yeah. drinking NyQuil every night. You have an excuse. It's not like you're, yeah. yeah. I, it's like, I was sick. had a nervous breakdown. I was sick. Yeah. So that happens naturally to me. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little stopgap that just pops up if I get too busy or too overwhelmed. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, when you did the, when you shot the, I'm sorry to jump around, but I was, uh, you said something about you shot a pilot. Do you direct it as well? No, no, no. So I wrote it and, and produced it. And then how do you find the people to? Um, well, so on, um, on the, the first one that Aaron and I did, which was called um, Open Carry, you can actually go find it. It's um, opencarryshow.com, mm -hmm. O-P-E-N-C-A-R-R-I-E show.com. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a uh, show about a, a group of people that want to uh, uh, display their Second Amendment rights mm -hmm. to walk around with their firearms. Mm -hmm. okay. And they're kind of a haphazard group of, you know, uh, misfits. misfits. Sure. Um, so I got my buddy Wayne Brady to play a part in that. And yeah. then we, we did casting for some other people. Um, and, uh, you know, you just you have a casting session. Yeah. Find some people. I had some great friends 
uh, did stuff in there and then it did the film festival circuit and got a lot of nice notice. So, uh, with the, the, the hope was to turn that into a TV show, but yeah. the subject matter, even though networks say they want edgy, uh, they weren't ready to bite on, on guns as yeah, an edgy I mean, topic. That's, that's really tough to, to predict what they're going to, uh, unless you have an inside scoop and you know the people personally, but we, we you know, I've written a screenplay and the, the guy at, at Warner, uh, said, I want uh, Judd Apatow style screenplay. Right. So my partner and I, uh, you know, wrote a, we wrote that and he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, the, the truth is I, it has, I've found that it had really has nothing to do with the content. It's about the social landscape. Hmm. Here's an opera singer that is bringing me a script as opposed to here's a guy that wrote this and he's with that and they hang out here and they do this together. And it's like, yeah, like sometimes I feel like when I'm pitching things, they're yeah. like, you're a common, you're a comedian trying to be They're very monocular in the way that they they, they are and interpret things. You can break through that. People sure. do all the time, which sure. is why we keep keep at it. Yeah. But what I'm trying to tell you is don't don't let don't let that be a, a knock on your what you, the work you've done. Right. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the work you've well, done. Well, I'll tell you, being a musician, you, you develop some pretty thick skin. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I've I know that. I get turned down sometimes because I don't fit in the costume. I mean, that's it's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> oh, man. You know, when you're dealing with a five thousand dollar costume, yeah. You, just, you gotta, you know. Anyway, wow. that's wow. it. So, where, where are you off to today? Tell me, tell me um, about this audition. Today, I have a, a commercial callback. So, what commercials nice. work is you have an audition, mm -hmm. and they, you know, see a couple hundred people, and then they pick maybe their favorite ten or fifteen. Yeah. And you go back again, yeah. and except this time, instead of just a casting director with a camera, they'll be the director and the clients and. So I'm going back to do that today for nice. uh, for a commercial. Anything um, else? Anything else you want to? What else you got? What else should you I got? plug? So, yeah, so what I, do you want to pitch? Uh, let's make a deals on CBS every day at nine o'clock. Okay. Um, check it out. Uh, I do Whose Line Is It Anyway? I, I rotate as one of the cast members on that show. So that's on the CW. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I tour quite quite frequently with uh, Wayne Brady. We do a two-man improv show. We've been buddies forever. Um, I'm actually not touring with him during this month because he is doing Hamilton in Chicago. He's playing uh, uh, Burr, and I just saw it, and he was incredible. I'd never seen the show. Oh, it's and, a great show, isn't it? And so I got to see my, my buddy do it, and it was the first time I saw the show. So it was really... How terrific. Yeah. I, I was so blown away by the show. I, are, are you a song and dance man, too, or no? Uh, I, I, I comedy sing, uh -huh. so I can... I can, you know, sure. sing it out. Yeah. In, you, well, you have to key, on the show. In, yeah. In key with the jokes, but I'm not a, a, a singer singer. I see. Um, but Wayne is. Yeah. He actually can sing. And um, he was great. The whole show was amazing. That's fantastic. I, I, I had thought, I had just in my mind, I, everyone's screaming about Hamilton. It's so great. It's so great. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's just, it's, but it's a rap show. I thought it was all I, rap. I thought the same I thought thing. The whole thing was rap. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, I don't mind rap. I don't. I don't listen to it all the time. I thought the same thing. And then I was like, "It's a musical." <laughs> I also found that the more uh, the more I listened to it, I was I was really resistant to it actually. Yeah. And my wife would play it during dinner downstairs, and by I don't know by like the third or fourth night, I really. I mean, it's just packed with so much information. Yeah. And it's really valuable. I mean, I I, I learned a lot. Yeah. Just through listening to it. And the music's fantastic. If, if, if uh, Lynn Manuel could do that with all every uh, historical figure, we, we'd, we'd know everything. We'd be a smart nation. <laughs> we would be, exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I sure appreciate you coming. Absolutely. I, uh, great meeting you. Yeah, same here. Thanks all a right. lot. Well, there you have it, folks. John Mangum, the first uh, comedian I've had on the show. Um, 
and uh, I, I am used to speaking with musicians. And I just realized that uh, after that interview, and that's something I got to work on. So I'd like to get more people that aren't musicians. Not that I, I love musicians, of course. I just want to diversify, you know. And uh, I realize I, I've got to develop some other skills to make for a more entertaining interview. So, but you know, that's me. That's part, part of me, a big part of me judges the work that I do. That's one of the reasons that I put every single interview up on the website uh, for you to listen to, whether I think it's good or not, because I'm trying to get over that. You know, it's, un it's, it's unhealthy. I work hard and uh, I do the best that I can. And sometimes you, you do better than others and that needs to be okay. Like for instance, I had this uh, audition a couple of days ago at Ali Opera and I, uh, you know, all I could think about were the little things I did wrong. And two people who were in the audition have caught me since then and have just gushed about uh, how much I stood out and how great I, uh, of a audition it was. And I mean, I don't even feel comfortable acknowledging it, you know? So anyway, I put this up. I hope you liked it. I'll try and do better with, uh, my guests who aren't in exactly the same field that I'm in. I've got to, uh, figure out how to do that a little bit better. And I like it. I like it. I like learning. I'm learning on the job, just like all of us through this life. Um, I guess that's it. Thank you to Greg Geiger for helping me with my theme song. Still loving it, buddy. Go to laclassical.com. Thank you to Michael Nielsen again for setting me up with this guest and for letting me use his terrific Shure SM7B microphone. Shure America, if you're listening, send me some mics. I love them. I hope you all have a great Monday and the rest of the week. I look forward to this day every week, and I can't wait to see you again. Until next time. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get onto my show.